All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., Jesse Cofield holding it down for us at DK headquarters. We got a great show for you guys today. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Check us out on DraftKings YouTube, DraftKingsNetwork.com, and Samsung TV+. Plus. Uh, awesome guest list coming up on the show today here. Courtney Cronin, ESPN yep. Bears reporter, going to join us here in a few minutes as Chicago has become the center of the NFL universe for a variety of reasons that we're going to get to. We're also going to hit some NFL news and notes with the athletic senior NFL reporter Diana Rossini in just a little bit. We are brought to you by Wrangler. Made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. And, Dad, it got real at Hallis Hall on a variety of fronts yesterday. We will get to what's going on with Alan Williams, their now former defensive coordinator, when Courtney joins us in just a few minutes here. But we knew the way they had started the season, there was going to be some frustration with this Bears team. And it boiled over yesterday in some comments by Justin Fields that were taken a bit out of context, but also I think ultimately represent a mistake by a young player in front of a microphone that he quickly recognized. Yeah, what in the wide, wide world of sports is going on with the Bears, you know, at this point? It's it's horrible. And, and while Justin is finding out, as you're going to hear, of maybe how he's going to handle it going forward, but he was literally really trying to answer questions and explain, you know, his answers to the reporters when, you know, I have always been of one to be very boring, very boring and, and, and to the point where maybe they don't even want to talk to you anymore by not giving them any information. But he went on and really explained. And I think he, he, he kind of tripped over himself in there. I don't think he went down the road he meant to go but he just kept talking, and I think it eventually led there to when what normally happens in this situation as far as, you know, headlines anywhere, it all gets shortened to Fields thinks there's a problem, and it's coaching. 
And boom, that's it. And that's what everybody is like, oh, my God, what did he say? Yes, that's the headline that everyone ran with after the first couple of games of the season where we looked and we asked questions on this show about what the Bears game plan was. A quarterback like Justin Fields only having five design rushing attempts through the first two games of the season. How does that happen? What is the plan? That's for us to say this was Justin Fields, the Bears starting quarterback, when asked about why he feels like he might not be playing as fast and as loose as he needs to be out there on the field. Of course, you know, things that I didn't like, I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. Uh, felt like I was kind of robotic and, you know, not just not 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 playing like myself. So, um, you know, um, my goal this week is just to, you know, say effort and just go out there and you know, play football how I know how to play football. And um, that's not uh, that includes uh, thinking less and just going out there and, you know, uh, playing off of instincts rather than just of, you know, so much, so to say, info in my head, data in my head, and literally just going out there playing football. When you say thinking less, what do you think was causing you to think so much, maybe think too much? Um, you know, could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it, you know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I, you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week, and then when the game comes, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So, um, you know, just thinking less and, you know, playing more. I don't think it's too many coaching voices, but I just think when, you know, you're fed a lot of information um, at a point in time and you're trying to think about that info, like when you're playing, it's like it doesn't let you play like yourself. You're trying to you know, process so much information to where it's like, you know, if I just simplified in my mind, I would have did this. Like I saw a few plays on Sunday to where – if I was playing like my old self, like we would have had a positive play. Like there would have been, you know, a few more third down conversions. So um, I think that's the biggest thing for me is just, you know, uh, playing the game how you know I know how to play it, how I've been playing it my whole life. So that's what I got to get back to doing. I assume you talked to Getsy, Eber Plus, you know, go somebody about what you're saying right now. Yeah. And and how did that go? Like what what was their input on whether you were being a little too robotic or, or maybe – trying to account for too many things instead of just playing freely. I mean, it was good, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, shoot, uh, the, the, the conversation was good. Um, I'm just going to keep that private, to be honest with you, and, you know, just, just like I said, and just go out there and play. Dad, this sounds like the classic phrase that we always hear, paralysis through analysis, right? When you're a player and you've got too much going on in your head, you don't pay fast and free. And Justin Fields was trying to, I think, explain that point. You heard yeah. that soundbite to me sounds a lot different than the snippet we all saw. Yeah. Rarely yeah. do I just fall back on, well, this was taken out of context. But truly, it seemed like we took the one word snippet yeah. that seemed the most damning in this. And to be clear. Justin Fields got to own his words. He's learning that now as the head of this organization, what he says in front of the microphone is going to have big ramifications and make problems for everyone inside that building if he's not careful. But the overall sentiment is, hey, the coaches are doing their job, giving me a lot of information. I've got to do a better job sorting through that, using what's necessary, and then going out there and playing fast and free. So, uh, you know, first and foremost, in, in being in this business for a couple of decades, I have done this as well. You hear a soundbite before your show that goes on, and you're like, oh, wow. And then you realize if you hear the full, you know, not just the 20-second snippet and a couple minutes of it, you're like, okay, that, that wasn't really it. And I agree with you that, and he, I'm sure, now figured out he spoke too much in trying to explain it. But let's get down to the root of this. The root of this is there's a disconnect 
Yes. Right. There is a disconnect with Justin Fields, who is uber talented, who is basically admitted there. I am having trouble digesting the playbook. Right. I mean, well, that, I'm, having, a, I'm having trouble digesting the way information is being right. conveyed to me. I, I, right. I'm having There's trouble. There's a disconnect okay. between what he needs and what let the me, coaches let are Let me put it this way. I, I'm having trouble digesting the information fast enough to make me play how I want to play on the field. So what what's the answer to this? Is the answer, you know, giving him less on his plate? Is the answer he needs to learn more? He needs to 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 be able to learn to process the information that he's getting quicker. Because as we've always said, if you think for a split second on the field, you're done. You're you're at any I don't care what position it is, you're done. And that's basically what he's saying is I I'm thinking, so I'm not me. But but I will say, and you you said how many it was, what, five this year? And I did some Bears games last year. And each time I commented on, I cannot believe they're not trying to free him up and run him a little more. So to me, what I take out of this after we had passed all what he said, should he have said it, how he said it is there is an incredible disconnect there that needs to come together to, if you want to get the best out of Justin, Justin Fields, and it has to come from both sides. Yeah, I think that's it. And that's why this is extra frustrating. I'm sure for me and Bears fans, because I've already seen a lot of Bears fans are writing Justin Fields off saying that this experiment is over. They made the wrong decision in the draft. What's it going to look like upcoming this year? I still look at this and go, the sentiment we always had when Matt Nagy was there was this offense was fighting what its quarterback did best. Yeah, exactly. It seemed to yep. actively put him in situations that weren't designed to cater to a young player's strength at a time where more coaches in the NFL are doing that than ever. So now we're getting to this new staff. We think, okay, Justin Fields is a little bit more their guy. They went through the flirtation around the draft, but they made the choice. This was going to be their dude. They went out and got him a number one receiver in, the, in DJ Moore. Let's go to work on this. And yet through a couple of weeks, it still feels like there's a bit of square peg round hole. Here. So I, I think what you said it really kind of hits the nail on the head, how it used to be in the NFL, no matter your ability in college, you were coming to the NFL. They were going to teach you the pro level. And so, which didn't have to do with college, you would have to change your way to fit into the NFL. And as Mike said, and he's right, coaches are now saying basically, hey, all right, we have this talent. Let's let's let this talent flourish and build around it. And it doesn't feel like they've been doing that with Justin Fields. Again, I think there's blame on both sides sure. of this, but but Justin's the one on the field. You have to make it as comfortable for him on the field. And if that means for Luke Getze to change up the way he's doing things, to let him feel more free and do what he wants to do, I think that's something that they're going to have to really think about doing. And that is going to be the goal for this team. Now, give Justin Fields credit. He also did go back into the locker room yesterday after that yes, happened. Yes. And, you know, this uh -oh. to me was – but it was a somewhat yeah. encouraging sign, right, where he recognized right away – oh, this is how this is being perceived. I've now created problems for others. And this was Justin Fields in the locker room doing a bit of damage control not long after that press conference. Yeah, you, you guys' jobs are to get clicked. So it's like when you take my quote out of context and when you just say that, if you paint the picture on the inside out, like y'all are trying to split, split us up as a team. I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches, never going to blame anything on my teammates. I will take every, whatever happens in the game, I will take all the blame. I don't care. It's a drop pass. It should have been a pass. Put it on me. But never will you hear anything come out of my mouth to where I will blame it on somebody else. In this organization, my teammates, never will you hear that. So I just want to clear that up and just know that, like, I need to play better. 
that's it, point blank. If, if y'all, that's that's what I should have said in the first place. But you know, I was trying to give y'all more details because you know I appreciate y'all for doing what y'all do, and I try to give y'all the information y'all want for you guys' job. So um, I'm gonna do that, and in the future, like, but I ask you guys to just, just to put the whole quote out. Don't cut it up into words and pieces to make it seem like I'm saying something that I'm not. So um, again, appreciate you guys what you do, and um, y'all are pleasant. And dad, that's a good reminder that we can talk about intent and what Justin feels mean. Yeah. The bottom line is publicly when you're addressing the media, and this is like the first thing you ever taught us is, hey, praise goes outward and blame comes back. Yep. Like you got to go and pull the thumb on that one publicly. You can say, hey, I've been getting a lot of information. I haven't been doing a good, jo good exactly. job of yep. taking the coaching and cutting it loose on the field. I have to do this. It's got to be leading with the thumb yep. pointing back at him, even if he's going to explain what the source of that is so that it's not misconstrued. You can't possibly mis be misconstrued by it. That's exactly else. right. That's what you learn. And when I worked many, many, many years ago at ESPN, Sean Salisbury, who I played against for years, we were teammates at ESPN. He was the one that I first heard say, "Point, don't point the finger, pull the thumb. And, and no matter what, that's what you need to do. Don't point the finger, pull the thumb. And even in his explanation, which I, that's what I think he was actually explaining is there's a lot of different things to this. They ran with the headline when he said coaches and, and that made it look like he was pointing the finger. And that's, I, I would imagine his pressers are going to be a little different now. <laughs> I, I'd imagine, but uh, you mentioned headlines. There were more oh, than just boy. this headline yeah. around the Chicago yeah. bears yesterday. And so for more on that, we're very excited to welcome in ESPN NFL bears reporter, Courtney Cronin joining us now, Courtney, thank you so much for the time. We know, and we can get to some of what went on with Justin Fields yesterday, but Hallis Hall yesterday and the headlines around Alan Williams, the now former Bears defensive coordinator who announced his resignation yesterday became the story that everybody was talking about. Can you take us through the timeline of events as you have heard and reported on them from yesterday with Alan Williams? Yeah, so great to be with you guys this morning. So to, to go back to last Thursday, Thursday is the coordinator day at Hallis Hall. And when Luke Getze comes down, he's accompanied by a team spokesperson, a PR person, who then tells us, hey, Alan Williams uh, is not here today, clarifies that it's due to a personal reason. And, you know, at that point, there you don't give too much thought to it other than, okay, maybe it happens from time to time where people can't show up to work because something else is going on. But this absence then snowballed into he's going to miss the game. Matt Eberflus is going to be calling defensive plays against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And in, in Tampa, after the game, Eberflus was very vague about whether Alan Williams would remain the defensive coordinator going forward and whether he would call plays upon coming back and said that we would cross that bridge when we got there. So then you fast forward to Wednesday, and there were comments made because Matt Eberflus was asked about Alan Williams multiple times leading into yesterday, and he said that he did not have any update. He kept deferring back to the same thing he had been saying, and there's, there's a lot of ambiguity around this. So when the statement from the team comes out, at around three o'clock yesterday, after already such a whirlwind day at Hallis Hall, it leaves a lot of questions that have yet to be answered. Now, we know from Alan Williams in a statement that he and his lawyer prepared that the team handed out yesterday after they announced his resignation and confirmed it, that Williams says he's taking a step back to focus on some health issues 
and some personal issues he's dealing with with his family. And his lawyer confirmed that to me as well. I, I had a chance to speak with him at length yesterday about this. But it's it's a really strange situation because the team's 0-2 right now. You don't typically see coaches, you know, get re- you know being removed or removing themselves from their position this early in the season. And I don't think that this is a storyline that's just going to go under the radar now that it's out there for a team that goes to play the world champion Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. So, Courtney, there there have been, I mean, this is where Twitter runs rampant. A lot of, you know, rumors out there of what this was about, which you really got, everybody's got to be real careful about going down. Is, from Hallis Hall, is the thought that, is he gone for good or is there, he just gone for a time being and maybe coming back? No, he, this is, this is it for him with the Bears. He, his, his lawyer told me that he plans to return to coaching in the future, but he, this is not a leave of absence. He is resigning from his post with the Bears, and it's my understanding that he will not be back with the Bears. And Courtney, I saw you address this online, but just making abundantly clear rumors about any sort of raid or anything at Hallis Hall. Those were all flatly denied by the organization, correct? It it was denied by the organization and it was denied by his lawyer. There was a report out there that Hallis Hall had been raided. And of course, when you hear that, like, and let's just make something clear. Like if if there's any sort of if there's anything going on behind the scenes with Alan Williams, and whether the team wants it out there or not, you hear that word raided. You think the feds are coming in and kicking the door down at Hallis Hall. That's that's not the case here. So the team, when they come came down to address it with the media room yesterday, a team spokesman, they took a couple questions. And those were things that they vehemently denied right away, that there had been no police involvement um, due to this report that was out there. There had been no raid of Hallis Hall and his lawyer confirmed uh, those same sentiments with me as well. And also some of the other things that were out there, um, you know, a lot of there's a lot of speculation and, you know, there's a lot of ambiguity. So it created a very rampant uh, Twitter and or excuse me, X uh, storm yesterday. So, I mean, it's it's I don't think that the ambiguity from the team and the way that this was handled in the first place really helped the situation. But from what we know and what I've been told that there was no police involvement here. And and that's the, that's what they're sticking with. So just just like you said, I'm sure it's not going to be over people looking into what the, what's happening here. Bottom line is he is gone from the team. They've moved on. So let's move on to the field and let me craft this as professionally as I can, Courtney, how messed up are the bears? And I didn't really want to use the word messed. (laughs) <laughs> no, you're you're right. And it's it's not a good situation. This is a team that suffered a bewildering loss in week one. It wasn't just, OK, same old Bears. It was what the heck was that? A team that had been set up to succeed throughout the offseason. You've got a question. Was it just wish casting even on their part that they thought they were going to be this much better than they actually are? Because it feels like a continuation of the 2022 season where they were set up to not be a very good team. They were set up to try to get the number one overall pick, and they did. But now that you're two games into a new era, which is year two of the rebuild, where you have a lot of new pieces around the quarterback and on the defensive side of the ball, the same excuses and same reasoning, I guess, credence that you'd give to a lot of the losses last year don't apply anymore. And so this is a situation where you've got a quarterback who 
does not look like he is comfortable out there. Looks like he's not in an offense that is playing to his strength and a defense that can't pressure quarterbacks to save his life. Like this is not a good situation in Chicago for a group that's trying to move forward past a really tumultuous season last year. And it feels like they're still trying to get this thing off the ground when they should have been further along. It's really been a surprise for a lot of people who myself included thought they made the right decision and dealing the number one pick and sticking with Justin Fields. But so far that investment has yet to pay any returns. Courtney, we can't thank you enough for the time and information this morning. I'm sure it's been a wild week uh, there around Hallis Hall, but thank you so much and hopefully easier days ahead. Yeah, it definitely was eventful. Probably one of the more eventful days I've had covering the NFL, but The craziest thing is that Braxton Jones, their starting left tackle, being on injured reserve was maybe the ninth newsiest thing that we had yesterday. (laughs) So take that for what it is. Thanks, guys. Ain't that the the truth? I saw saw Courtney also tweeted they released Nathan Peterman yesterday at quarterback. Any roster move that you wanted to get out of the way if you were the Chicago Bears yesterday, that was the place to news dump it. Undead, you're right. It was rumors running rampant and this is the danger of elon's current twitter where any blue check or anyone who can buy it can just throw stuff out there and people are going to run with it i think it would benefit everybody from here on out now to take a beat wait to see what other reporting potentially comes out of this and instead now look at a bears team that's going to try and make field changes on the field having just lost their defensive coordinator at the very beginning of this season coming up next we will look at some teams that have gotten a little bit of help coming their way after injuries that rocked the start of the year that's next here on gojo and Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome and with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic Research, development, and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great with convenience, too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently, just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So, trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. And the Browns are saying welcome back to Kareem Hunt, who has just signed a one-year deal worth up to $4 million with Cleveland. So in 2022 with the Browns, he didn't start a single game, okay? But he saw action in all 17, had 123 carries for 468 yards, three touchdowns. His role this year, as he comes back, looks to be pretty similar. Stefanski made it clear Jerome Ford still expected to be the lead back for Cleveland. You know, Jerome is the lead back, but we have to work through all of those type of things and, and you know, what Kareem's ready to do this week, uh, you know, if he's ready to go this week and, and what t- type of load he can carry and Pierre Strong. So I think we need to work through all of that. Uh, but I, I yes, uh, Jerome is the starter. So after we saw, you know, what happened with Nick Chubb, not really surprising that they went in to bring somebody in Cream Hunt, kind of a natural fit here as he's been sitting out trying to find a deal. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- this was the easy one, right? Sure. It, it cost them less instead of going out and trading. We talked about, you know, uh, a Cam Akers who we'll, we'll get to or Jonathan Taylor or somebody who you would have had to give up assets for. Cream Hunt knows this offense. They just said when you heard Stefanski say not sure what, what he can do playing, that's football shape. You sure. know, and how long it's so Jerome Ford should be the starter right now. He's been there. He's in football shape. He should get the guy that gets the the carries. But, you know, now you can keep that split like you had with Chubb and Hunt over the last few years. And I think it was the right move to bring him in and, and start to where they relied so much on the running game. We have talked already how they were trying to flip that to Deshaun Watson. And it hasn't been working so far. So it would be nice if they could rely on the running game again. It would be, but I don't know for me if that move indicates that that's necessarily coming, right? For a guy no, that was no. not at this point good enough to be right. on someone's yep. roster yet, was waiting around. You're going to be wondering what kind of shape he's in. Like you said, all of this still indicates to me, all right, the running game only still matters so much to them relative to overall this. And quite honestly, you have to ask now with what Nick Chubb affords you, one of the best runners in the NFL, irregardless of offensive line, but he's had a really good one here, even with this offense. Permission to freak out. And we're back. We think. Nope, we froze again. We're gonna go to commercial and then Gojo and Golik will be back. Stay with us. All right, guys, we're in the heat of the summer and you need a pair of great shades that you don't have to baby. Knockaround Sunglasses is the go-to for quality, polarized shades that won't break the bank. Plus, they just released the first set of teams of their official MLB collection, including Red Sox and Yankees. Don't be the person that's squinting into the sun or worried about getting sand on their overpriced sunglasses. 
Check out knockaround.com for great looking polarized shades starting at just 28 bucks. And use code GOLIC for free shipping on your order. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik, everybody. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. Kick off your weekend with NFL football Thursday night on Prime. It is on. 49ers trying to move closer to a franchise record against the New York Giants. 49ers have won 12 straight regular season games, three shy of the club mark set in 1989-1990 season. So last time these two teams faced off was in 2020. San Fran took the win, 36-9. As for the big-name injuries in this one, guys, 49ers wide receiver Brandon Ayuk going to be a game-time decision. Whereas Giants running back Saquon Barkley has been ruled out. Not surprising that Saquon is out, guys. But what does that mean for the Giants offense here? It means Daniel Jones better get on that horse and run because uh, that's about the only thing that's going to give them a chance to add in a game where they're also down multiple starters from their opening day roster on the offensive line and have a receiving core that's still kind of coming together at this point. Yeah, the the guy you're relying on is Waller, the tight end you brought in. Campbell hasn't become a big part of this offense, Paris Campbell, who has come over from the Colts. He hasn't really become a big part yet. As you mentioned, uh, starting from the season, left guard, left tackle, both out. Saquon out. Outside linebacker out. And you had a short week and you're playing San Francisco. I mean, this is one of those that makes it look so easy of a – and remember, a 10.5-point spread is monstrous Huge. in the NFL. Huge. It makes you so just want to easily take San Francisco, and that's when you get into trouble and all of a sudden it's a closer game than you think. But you sit there and try and think, how can they make this closer – And they're going to have to make it closer by the Giants' defense. The Giants' defense is going to have to try and keep this San Francisco offense in check as best they can because you can't go score for score with them. And we know that San Francisco can score with the weapons that they have. Now we'll see about Ayuk with the shoulder if he's going to play or not, but he has been that number one receiver. You can't go toe-to-toe there. You know, you're going to have to try and keep them down a little bit and try and have some ball control. You, We have to try and think of ways for the yeah, Giants to do it's, this. It's going to be a tall task. It's really doing some tough mental gymnastics. You try and go back and say, well, what are the positives? Like, how did the Giants turn it around in the second half against the Cardinals last week? You come back from down big at halftime there. I think they've got to play a little bit more like reckless is the wrong word, but they've got to just cut it loose. The second half, they came out and they just said, bleep it. Let's start going bombs away. Two of their best drives came when they started with big, deep shots to Jalen Hyatt, who they drafted out of Tennessee. And that kind of opened everything else up for them. And so I think you just have to try stuff like that early, because like you said, you're not going to be able to go long term on offense, big, long, sustained drives against a defense like San Francisco. You're going to have to hope you force a penalty. You're going to have to hope you hit a big play and your wide receiver can make a contested catch every once in a while. And then you're going to need your quarterback to go out there and do something on the ground. Like the formula in the second half for the Giants last week was we are either going to throw a deep pass that someone is going to catch or get interfered with on, throw an RPO to Darren Waller over the middle of the field, or have our quarterback tuck it and run it if nothing else is there. Daniel uh, Daniel Jones, who had 64 design rushes last season, 120 rushes overall, that was once again what it devolved to in the second half, and it worked for them. Now, 
I think all of those things get infinitely harder when Nick Bosa is the one you're trying to option on the perimeter. When if you're trying to throw those RPOs, you're doing it against one of the best coverage linebackers in football and Fred Warner. So those things get harder, but the cutting it loose downfield and trying to use that as a means to jumpstart your offense has to be a holdover. So the start, the, the starting point, if I were back in my defensive player days in game planning, New York would be contain Daniel Jones. And that's exactly what Kyle Shanahan sure. said is it, it, we talk about pass rush lane integrity, which seems to be less and less important as rushers just are freewheeling everywhere, taking inside routes. So I called the Giants Dallas game first game of the season. And that was one of my key points at the beginning was keep Daniel Jones from being able to escape. And that first drive, which was the best drive for the Giants, they ran the ball right down the field. I think it was three times Daniel Jones got outside yes. of contain, and that's when he makes stuff happen, either with his arms or with his legs. So Kyle Shanahan, the defenders for San Fran, talking about pass rush lane integrity. Don't let him out, especially escape into the outside. The other dangerous thing is when the outside rush, like a Bosa comes, he comes flying up the field. If, if Jones has a place to step up and out, that's just as dangerous. So you've got to get that constant pressure on them. And by the way, the Giants have given that up. Daniel Jones has been sacked 10 times. So yeah. we talk about the long plays, the Jalen Hyatt. Well, long plays take time for the receiver to get down the field to make it a long play. And a lot of times Daniel Jones doesn't have a long time. And in this game, I wouldn't expect him to either. Yeah, they had to go max protect on a lot of those. And quite <laughs> honestly, that's the other difficult part of this game is you now are playing against the team with the Cardinals. You didn't have one guy that you had to devote time nope. and energy to stopping. <laughs> with the 49ers, you got to know where Nick Bosa is every play. And you got to know every play, especially when you're going to drop back, how are we handling this dude and how many guys is it going to take to do that? That has got to be the math you do on every single play. Because the other side of the 49ers offense, that's been one of the things I was surprised watching the uh, Giants defense get pushed around, quite frankly, by Arizona over the course yeah. of that game. They right now are still waiting on Kayvon Thibodeau to become a pass rusher that a team needs to spend time and resources trying to work their way through. But they don't have that right now. Instead, what you saw last week against the Cardinals was a team that got gashed by counter and outside zone, which hello 49ers and a team that also got targeted by the tight end dad you look at the combination yes, yep. of Ertz and Trey McBride for the Cardinals eight catches for 88 yards in that game George Kittle <laughs> who was a little bit more of a statistical no-show against a team like Pittsburgh to start the year because he had to help them chip help TJ Watt do a bunch of things to help in that he's going to be get, play wild and free and be a guy that I would imagine is going to light up fantasy owners hearts because this seems like a matchup that, as the Giants tried to figure out from last year, having to change out most of their linebacker room, changed out some of their safety players in the offseason, how they're going to go about that, because that was the matchup that the Cardinals went and exploited over and over again. Yeah, they did. And as I said, I think a lot of this is going to fall because we keep talking about the offense because that's where three of the four starters are out of what are they going to do. A lot of times I think that's why you're going to see Matt Breida a lot on third downs if they have to max protect or if you have to chip with a running back or chip with a tight end, those will then be kind of the check down guys for Jones if he has to get rid of the ball. But I still think it's on the defense of the Giants to come up and slow down this offense. And one of the ways to slow down is to get the quarterback, you know, off schedule. The Giants had zero sacks on the year. Zero. So, nice. I mean, they have not been putting a ton of – not that that means there's no pressure on the quarterback at all. You can get pressure and not get a sack. Don't get me wrong. 
but no sacks. So Brock Purdy, who's been sacked four times this year, has been, you know, seems to will be pretty clean in the pocket. As we said, is there another team with as many weapons as this? Where Debo Samuel, who was the talk of the NFL two years ago, has become like the secondary, you know, jack of all trade guys as opposed to what Brandon Ayuk is doing and and I mean that as a compliment to this offense I don't think Debo feels that way about it I was gonna say <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be interested in an honest moment as we are seeing because remember Brandon Ayuk when he first got to San Francisco wound up in the doghouse yes, Kyle, did. pretty quickly and now has turned into a guy not only makes spectacular catches but we've seen some devastating blocks from him he's bought into the program and what they expect of you as a wide receiver under Kyle but you're right. Him being down, we're looking for things right here that could be a hope for Giants fans, right? Yeah. And maybe if Brandon Ayuk all of a sudden can't go or isn't 100%, the offense has to adjust a little bit. But this is still one of the offenses that's the most insular in the NFL. As we talked about with um, with uh, yesterday with Andrew Whitworth, you got an all-pro at every level on both every sides level. of the ball. So you're going to have something to offset that. So uh, for the Giants, yeah, how they defend the middle of the field against all that. And if he's down, then how does Kyle Shanahan employ Debo Samuel? All of a sudden, the Brandon IU reps are gone there. Do we get a little bit less of him in the backfield, a little bit more of him running the number one stuff on the outside for a team that right now, Dad, the 49ers just seem – Ahead of everybody, you might be able to throw a team like the Dallas Cowboys into that argument as well, who looked really clean and complete. The defense certainly weaponized plutonium week one against the Giants. But both of these teams, and I think especially the 49ers, have hit the ground running in a really meaningful way to start the year at a time of year where the football has been sloppy. They were the two teams after week one you said the complete opposite about, right? San Francisco hit the ground running. The Giants losing 40 to nothing. To the Cowboys, we were head-scratching. And as I said at the end of that broadcast, okay, we're going to start to find out, are they closer to this or are they closer to what we saw last year when they made the playoffs? And it started to look like they were closer to week one, which the first half of the Cardinals game. Then they brought it back. So where are they right now? I don't think good enough to beat San Francisco, but where are they? Are they at least going to be able to take some steps in the right direction? Yeah, we're trying to work from patterns to trends yeah, as we get yes. to week three in the NFL's regular season. Just, and when he an had important that update injury. from the world of pickleball next on JoJo and Golick. <laughs> Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. All right, welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Uh, Michael Oak Jr., Michael Oak Sr. here, Jesse Cofield hanging out in Boston. Just get to it. No, well, so I want to dispel a couple of things here first while we've got the time because we've mentioned the internet is full of rumors and hearsay. Yes. And I do want to just put out first and foremost, 
I was not the naked guy wandering around the DFW airport the other day. I saw a lot of people tagging me on that video of some guy who just decided to take off all his clothes at DFW. I haven't been at DFW in a while. And even still, I haven't been naked in DFW ever yet. And my butt would look a lot better. So all that being said, I just wanted to clear that up right now because the rumors are quite frankly rude, crass, and offensive. Well, right? your mother's happy to know that because we were wondering when we saw it. But then we knew you were here, but we thought, did you take a quick trip while you were here in South Bend? Because we thought it kind of looked like you. And uh, it was a little disturbing is what it was. It was. It was, uh, it was a lot disturbing. Shout out to that guy, though, living his truth in public there. Also, not shout out to that guy, especially if there were children involved. You're going to get ready to live the rest of your life very differently. Can you uh, push this off anymore? Can you stall? Can you deflect any more than you're deflecting He's right now? We played pickleball He's yesterday. actually monologuing thank- to get out of. I'm trying thank to you, Jesse. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. Nice try. Let's get to the and, pickleball update. And bo- thank you. All right. So. <laughs> This is what happened. <laughs> we decided to finally, I have been able to withstand the pickleball craze for months now. Right. And a lot of it towards the end was grounded in an idea that I've heard is a pretty common refrain. I used to talk to Katie Nolan, our dear friend, about the show Ted Lasso. Right. And she had never watched it. And after a while, she said, I have just heard so much hype about this show. I didn't think it could possibly live up to it. And I didn't want to have to jump in late and be the one who all of a sudden was the wet blanket on gotcha. that. Okay. I have heard so much hype about people playing pickleball since this craze started. Didn't think it could possibly live up. Boy, did it ever. That is a fun, fun Fun game. game. It It is accessible to every variety and every level of athleticism here. You get a good workout, but you're not dying out there or anything. I had a great time playing that. It is amazing how you are just laying this out without getting to it. Listen, it was me and my wife, Mike and uh, his sister-in-law, Jenny, and Jenny and my son Jake was there. He's got kind of a bad back. But we had he, fun. Everyone had fun. Everybody had it fun. It was incredible. Whatever. We do have a broken racket to talk about, though. Um, so we were kind of switching off teams. But the bottom line was Mike has a lot of clothes here and I wear his shirts. And if I if my team beat his team, I would get to wear any shirt I want. If his team won, he could take all the, the shirts and I could never wear them again. Mike, you want to tell them the results? Go ahead. What What did me and your mother do to you and uh, and Jenny? You guys won. I mean, it wasn't like decisive. But who won? Does it matter? Oh, I mean, does, does it matter? So, do we have a do we have thirteen people voting whether we make the playoffs or not? No, but what we had was a game where we were just round robbing people in while you guys wanted to go over on the swing set and take breaks with Jackson. There. Oh, oh so, so now it's were... bad. It's bad. We wanted to spend time with our grandson. Did yes, we? If you had a goal of playing this game, did and we play in a games? series that was going did, to matter? Did every time me and your mother play you and Jenny did me and your mother win well and let's get to the real crux of this here I had to overcome my teammate oh. I don't know if Jenny's listening right now oh. I mean she was a liability she oh. is upstairs she was not good Jesse watching this and she is going to come downstairs and kick she was not good. your she's going to do if it if she wants to oh. come down here and dispute that she was not so, good so you were perfect I was good enough to win oh wow wow let me ask you a question we had four rackets is one of the racket now have a crack in it? I'm sorry, I care. Does one sorry, of the I'm rackets passionate. have a crack in it? Yes, it does have a crack in and, it. I was testing its durability and, and it failed the test. You guys bought cheap rackets. Another time, did you throw a racket in disgust? There was racket yes. throwing. Yes. Oh, There's okay. a racket toss. Mm. Again, if you guys want me to apologize for caring, for being passionate, and wanting to go out there and succeed in spite of my teammate, then I won't apologize for that. 
I am not going to apologize for being a high-level competitor. Uh, senior, senior, did did Jackson witness this display of sportsmanship? Yes, Jackson wow. saw it all. Jackson, now, now when we're raising Jackson and he starts to understand a little more, we're going to tell him, they have to tell him the don'ts are going to include don't do things that Uncle Mike is doing as far as sportsmanship you know is what? concerned. I, you know what? I didn't realize I was talking to the old baseball guard here where you got to just walk down and place your bat there and Man, walk you, to first base. You, are, you can't express any of your emotion. You can't be yourself You just can't out there, dive apparently. into the fact that you lost. No, you no, yes. Here's my thing. You can be passionate, Gojo, and I don't care. I'm with you. I would have been probably smashing my racket, too, and freaking out. I'm with you on that. But, but you're trying to... You're like, there's a lot of reasons why you lost and stuff, you know, there and you, there's a lot of, of buts here. had nothing here. to do with me. Okay. All right. Nothing to do with you. Okay. Uh, by the way, your mother just texted and said Jake and Jenny went to breakfast. So luckily Jenny is not hearing any of this, but I will I mean, be telling does, her. She probably does need to hear it. Maybe she'll play Oh, oh man. It I, listen, sounds I'm just like a rematch is going to happen. Hey, whatever you want to lose, you know, bring it, bring it on. Do I said, nothing? I said, let's go play one-on-one. I'll play you one-on-one. One-on-one. I don't want any excuses. For all I don't the want any other things. Mono and mono for all the shirts. Oh, wait. I already won the shirts. Think of something else. The shirts are mine. Okay. Right? We got to come up with something else. I won this bet. Me and your mother smoked you guys. Jesse, can you save us from this and update us on <clears throat> some of what's going on in Major League Baseball right now? Because – even though my father would like to cover this up with more pickleball propaganda, there is an incredible NL wildcard race going on that people need to hear about. Yeah, okay, so the regular season is wrapping up in less than two weeks. The NL wildcard race is going down to the wire here. So six teams, Philly, Arizona, Miami, Chicago, Cincinnati, and San Fran, are currently in or within three games of a wildcard spot. Ten games to go-ish here. And a seventh, the Padres have won six in a row to try and make a late run here. So it ain't over till it's over, fellas. No, and Dad, this is exactly what Major League Baseball had in mind, right? With the expanded postseason and what they wanted to talk about here was creating more interest longer in the regular season for a lot of these teams. And so from that standpoint, mission accomplished. And we talk about this with college football and the expanded playoff. The NFL did the same thing going to seven teams in theirs. With the owners, it is always this idea that more is better, but when you involve more engage and engage more fan bases, that's a net win usually for Lee. Yeah, whatever. Jesse, thanks for the update. Jenny just texts, oh, you God. are in so much trouble. How much trouble? Okay. All right. All right. Keep talking your junk. Keep talking your noise like you played perfect out there. Boy, are you a bad teammate. Wow. Just, you know what? Wow. Speaking of tough teammates here, you look at some of the disappointment in Major League Baseball this year. I mean, you got teams spending like crazy here. The Mets, the Padres are spending all this money. And then you had to sacrifice all the depth now. If you're the Padres here, your stars are going out there and doing their thing. The rest of the team can't live up to that. You got Steve Cohen out here, Twitter fingers through everything. And now he's having to have a slice of humble pie. You wonder if it changes the way they go into team building near next year, Dad. There's a lot going on here right now. Why are you trying to be a football guy and cover up what Major League Baseball is doing here? Rob Manfred and these dudes have worked really hard to make this happen. And you're trying to put them on under a bush you're trying to put this lamp remember the lamp i told you about yeah you're putting it under a bushel basket right now yeah. this little light of mine you gotta let it shine yeah yeah gotta let it shine whatever it shine so back it to shine. it again let we it played shine. three times uh me and my wife against 
Mike and Jenny, and all three times we did beat them. And uh, yeah, I get it. Baseball. Listen, we're going to talk plenty of baseball as we get closer and closer to the postseason. I mean, the Yankees. I mean, and listen, the Yankees. Can yeah. they get anyone? Who what are we doing? What are we doing? Spending all this money. Any amount of time. We here. can't win. I mean, what are we doing? Speaking I of love money, John Carlos, Dan. He's speak, a great guy. Speaking of money spent, are you going to spend money on the on a new racket after you broke the racket when me and your mother beat you and and Jenny? You know what it is? It's, yeah. it's like the old line: Are you hurt or are you injured? Yeah. The racket's not broken. It's just damaged. But it, it is works fine. you damage it. I will say there is a lot of injuries to the elders yeah. of like my age of 60. And I do think about it when I'm playing. Like when you hit a shot or Jenny hits a shot or Jake, and I'm thinking, do I want to go the extra step for that You're shot? You're making pickleball business decisions. I am decisions. making business decisions. On, do I want my hamstring or my Achilles to tear? Do I want my back to twist? So I usually don't do it. What this was is the, the number? We looked yeah, what was the number, Gojo? There's like a, a, a dollar amount that pickleball is costing the American taxpayer or something. This is the article on Forbes that we saw. This is the headline. Pickleball injuries cost Americans nearly $400 million this year, and seniors are hit the hardest. There's a UBS analyst released a note on Monday. This is back in June of this year saying Americans will spend between 250 million and 500 million in costs tied to pickleball injuries this year. So dad, this is really about me wanting to take care of you and your long term health. So you don't have to limp around and help raise your grandson. $400 million. That's uh, more than the Mets, Yankees and San Diego's payroll. So how about that? Let's get back to sports. Huh? Let's talk to Diana Rossini coming up here and go Joe and go this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 